Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower, helping teenagers to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. Now today, I have a very special lady, Jin Godin, who is a visual effects producer. Now, I've known Jin for over 10 years. We used to work together in the same industry. I love Jin's passion and drive. Now, if she had the power, she would change the world tomorrow. Empowering black and ethnic minority children to have a voice in the creative industry has always been on the top of her agenda. Welcome, Jin. How are you doing today? Hello, Carol. Hi, I'm good. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for coming on my show. It's a really, it's a real, real true honour to have you. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for the invite. You're more than welcome. Um, so today, we're just going to go through a few things. I mean, a few topics. I mean, the five I would say that we would cover is obviously about your childhood, education, your career journey, um, well-being, sort of personal development. And of course, let's let's try and offer some tips and advice um, to our listeners as we, as we, um, as we flow. But as I said, I'd, I'd like to just, just, let's just go with the flow and let's just see where the conversation takes us. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. Great. So first of all, Jim, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit, your, a little bit about your childhood? Sure. Wow. Um, well, that's a long time ago now. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was um, born to a very, very diverse, very vibrant family. Um, my mum and I lived with my grandmother in Lewisham for the first seven years of my life. And um, the house was always busy. It was always full of children and it was always full of people from the other houses around. There were always parties, 16th, 18th, 21st. Lots of music, lots of fun, lots of laughter. Um, it was a busy household and um, it was an exciting place to be. Um, when I was around seven, eight, my mum moved in with my dad in um, a big old Victorian house um, in what's now a conservation area in South London and it was completely different. It was quiet. It was a very, very studious household, my um, dad being an academic and very, very strict as well. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, in hindsight, it was the ideal time to move and settle down and focus on my education. Um, the reality of it when I was a kid was, hey, where's all the party people? Where's all the fun? Where's all the, the, the mania and everything, the excitement that, you know, yeah. the things that distract young kids. So it was mm -hmm. kind of like, a bit of a shock to the system, but um, absolutely the right thing for me to do at the time because, um, you know, it was a time when I'd already started to um, excel at school and um, to such an extent that my dad actually transferred me from a state primary into a prep school in South London. Mm -hmm. And uh, because he saw that I wasn't, I wasn't achieving and I was being distracted in the same way that, you know, bored kids get distracted. It's kind of, okay, I've done my homework. What else is there to do? Oh, let's have a look and see what's going on over there. So um, he moved me out of that school into another school, which was incredibly strict. 
Right. So, at that time, I'd, um, you know, being a South London Lewisham girl, I'd already developed a, a very broad way of speaking and um, presenting myself, which didn't really align with, <laughs> with the prep school very well. So um, I was asked to do elocution lessons, which oh, okay. I look back on now and I think, wow, that was quite... That's, that was quite a demand, but I did it. And um, it when I guess at the time, it was necessary to go through that in education to open doors because mm -hmm. the way you presented yourself, the way you spoke was you know, critical for a career path. Yes. Um, now, it's obviously not as important. It's mm. more about what you do, not what you sound like. But um, at that time, it was part of a very strict academic um, education, primary education, that then took me into secondary school where I went to uh, another public school mm -hmm. in South London in Dulwich mm -hmm. and um, stayed there until I went to university and from university yeah, into, into the industry in front of the camera and then ultimately behind the camera which is where I'm now. Right. So how was that transition? Can you remember how you felt um, during that transition from your, you know, from the state school to, to your, you know, your public school? How was, how did you remember how you felt? Um, the, from the primary school, the state primary school into the prep school, that was so difficult because the demographic was totally different. I mean, I'd gone to a state primary in South London and I was going to a prep school where, you know, that there weren't very many black people. In fact, I could count the black people there on mm. half of my hand. Yeah. And it was, it was a completely different culture. Um, the emphasis was on um, the, the, you know, the academic side and not necessarily the creative side. So it was, yeah, it was challenging for, for a kid. Um, at that time, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite, you know, quite, quite challenging. <laughs> Have you got any, can you give our listeners any advice? Um, I mean, for any listeners that are going through that at the moment, going through a transition from, you know, from one school to another. Have you got any positive advice that you can give them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's about balance. It's about balancing that transition. I mean, it's going to be such a big shock for any child moving from one education system to another. If you've got the support at home that can explain to you why it's necessary, but also kind of enhance all the other things, all the other experiences that you've already had, the positive ones, and keep those going at the same time to get that balance, mm. I think that's pretty helpful. But um, I think for children, it's really difficult to realize the relevance of choices parents make. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a case of rather than being do as I say, not as I do kind of thing, it needs to be actually explaining why I'm saying this. Mm. I'm saying this because you're going to have more opportunities and also understanding from a kid's perspective that it's going to be a difficult change. It's going to be a challenging time, but it will reap benefits. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's about communication why the change is necessary and the benefits that will come from that change. Exactly. And um, you've, you've said a really important point there. It's not about just saying, oh, you're doing this or you're going here and leaving that kid not really knowing why they're doing or where they're going. It is very much about giving them the bigger picture of why that yeah. decision has been made. 
no absolutely yeah, that's absolutely. such an that's such a crucial point um, June what was secondary school like you know when you obviously left and you got into um sort of your private school what what was that like once you kind of adapted to that new environment um again it was to be honest it was kind of more of the same it was the same type of people that i've been to prep school but at a bigger school and although school had great resources great opportunities um my experience was that the educators the academics the tutors they had no references to be able to bring me on that ride. So it was the case, this is what we do, you know, get on board or you'll be kind of pushed to one side and, you know, tolerated if you couldn't be forgotten about. So it was um, a case for me personally of fighting my own battles independently. Um, when I got to the stage where I was doing um, O-levels, I'd already built up quite a bit of resilience and I knew what I wanted to study and if it wasn't being offered at the school, even though it was on the curriculum, I, had a, I was bold enough to go and challenge it. I mean, to this day, I'm shocked that at the age of green, <laughs> I was actually confronting my, you know, my history teacher and my English teacher and saying, hey, I want to study this and why are we studying that? And this is on the curriculum. But I think that boldness probably came from my father who, as he was working in the educational system at a tertiary level, he knew what was on curriculum. He knew what the opportunities were. Right. And that filtered down to me. Um, the school that I went to, again, you know, it, there, there were hardly any black kids there at all. I think for a significant amount of time, probably for about three years, yeah. I was one of two in a school with probably about a thousand children. Um, so it's... I don't want to be too judgmental of, of the teachers there for not knowing how to engage me. Yeah. But it really wasn't the effort there to engage. And the opportunities that were there weren't balanced with the realities that they offered me. In fact, I remember um, we had um, careers advice, a careers advisor would come along and, you know, you'd have your little meeting, interview, and hopefully give you some guidance as to what courses to go on and have in university so that you could go into a career of your choice. Yeah. Um, despite my, my academic achievements, my advice was to um, join the civil service as a prison ward. Oh my goodness. God, yeah. There's been some, I mean, I've had a few, in, been doing, I've done a few interviews now and yeah, some of the, you know, some of the advice that we were given back then for my career advisors, I mean, I'm sure there's, there was a percentage of them that meant well, but I mean, some of the advice was just was crazy, you know, based on, you know, the level or the academic level that uh, uh, we were at. I mean, one of a friend of mine was told to go into hairdressing. But anyway, that's another story. Um, please continue. Please. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was quite bold at school in wanting to be taught certain things that are more, re more relevant to my personal experience. Mm. Thankfully, there were a couple of tutors at the school who supported me and helped me study those things. Yeah. Um, the social side of integrating in that school was probably even more challenging than the academic because I was at school with kids who could afford to go off skiing in the winter and go to the Canary Islands, whatever, in the summer and holidays. Yeah. You know, I was, I was going back to 
you know, in the first couple of years, I was going back to stay in my, my granny lotion and having a whale of a time, but it didn't compare with what yeah, yeah. kids are doing. So they'd come back from those, you know, those holidays and excursions with their stories and mine just didn't match up. So yeah. that kind of developed a bit of a, a schism, which led me to, to go and um, find other social groups. So um, oh, even though I was going to one school, I was hanging out with the kids from the other state schools around the comprehensives around who were, you know, brilliantly creative, intelligent, vibrant, dynamic, mm. but more culturally aligned to me and my background. So it was good in, in, in hindsight because I got that balance. I found that balance for myself. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, that leads me on to say, talk about peer pressure. Um, there seems to be a lot of self-esteem and, and peer pressure these days. What advice can you give our listeners who are going through that at the moment? Um, as a young teenager, everyone wants to fit in. We're changing so quickly that it's difficult to kind of keep a handle on how we're developing and what we're becoming. So everyone wants to fit into a comfort group. That's only natural, but really, taking that time for self-exploration and actually focusing on your changes and your developments and aligning that with going and investigating other things and finding out other people's experiences outside of your immediate clique yeah. is really valuable. For me, I did that through reading. I, I read a lot and I read everything I could get my hands on. Mm -hmm. and, uh, discovering other people's experiences because yeah. peer pressure is such... A, a small reflective bubble that you can bounce around that experience and really not develop very quickly at all. So you can be bold and get out there, have a look, hear from other people who are doing other things of your same age, but maybe, you know, don't feel tied, don't feel tied to one gang or one group. Yeah. Because there's so many different perspectives that if you just st stick to one gang, you're yeah. going to miss out on finding yeah. other ways of being. So um, it's, it's a scary one because, you know, everyone wants a nice, safe space to be in of familiarity. But then your journey is about self-discovery and you're only going to do that by breaking out of that. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and hence why I've, I've created this platform to, as a safe space so listeners can come to, to hear about other people's stories. Because there's, as we all know, there's more than one way to, to do something and to get somewhere. Uh, so if uh, any listeners that are going through that or going through, um, yeah, any peer pressure, you know, just know that there's, there's more than one way to do things and, um, and yeah, just develop yourself and read and just find other ways to make yourself stronger and, and more, and more, and more positive. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, don't, don't feel pressured. And, and again, please don't um, suffer in silence. If, if this is really bothering you, express yourself to someone who has got your back or who, who, who wants the best for you. Yeah, absolutely. Jin, um, do you have any advice for, for our listeners who do not know what they want to do when they leave school or they're getting pressure from loved ones who have a different vision to theirs? Yeah, I mean, don't be worried about not knowing what you want to do when you leave school. I mean, life is long. You've got so much time to try a whole array of different things. 
yeah if people around you are trying to encourage you to go in one direction it's because they want the best for you they want the easiest path for you they want the comforts that maybe they didn't have and they would hope that you can have but those things you know you need to again it goes back to communication you need to kind of respect where those pressures are coming from because i know certainly for my parents they worked incredibly hard and even so they were denied a lot of opportunities that should have come their way mm. so there, there is there is a sense of perhaps they're living their lives vicariously through you which you know is your child and family it's going to happen but you know it's, it's 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 about respecting why they want those things for you but also trying to take them gently on the same journey as you to do something else. It might be that that's not possible. In my situation, I came from a family where, you know, very classic Jamaican family. It was a classic careers that they wanted us all to go into. Yes. And um, a lot of the, the kids in my family have ended up being more creative as they've grown and have, been, have become professionals in creative industries, despite being channeled towards the traditional you know, medicine, law, accountancy kind of careers. Yeah. Um, personally, my personal route out of it, um, which I'm not saying is the right way to go about it at all, is putting myself out there and literally just, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go off in the other direction, which I could have handled in a better way. I could have communicated better. But I was, you know, young, I was excited, and I was fiercely <laughs> And that independence gave me a kind of, right, if I'm not going to do what I'm expected to do, then I better succeed at what I'm doing. Mm. So it really gave me the drive to focus, yes. to apply myself, and to literally just keep that energy going, keep that strength, and keep the blinkers on so I could head towards that goal. Yeah. And I think, again, the message here is, is that if, if you if you want to do something or if you've got a passion for something, it's very much going for it and making sure that you kind of keep your, your eye on that goal so that your loved ones who are so not on the same page as you can see that you're serious, can see that you're passionate because once you get to that goal, they'll, they'll respect you, right? They? They'll respect you even yeah. more for, for, get, for getting there. Absolutely, yeah. And they'll even celebrate you for doing it in a, in a way that is uncharted a lot yes. of times. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. That leads me on to your career. So you are, you know, obviously a um, visual effects producer. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit um, about what you do? My intention is to do a episode on careers. So I'll definitely get you back to talk about your, your job in detail. But if you, just, yeah, if you can just give them a bit of a, a, bit of a summary of what you do, that, that would be great. Sure. Um, I started off doing production, live action production, which is basically the nuts and bolts of putting together film shoots. Yeah. Um, I, what I do now is essentially the same thing, but in a virtual environment. So as a visual effects producer, I run a team of artists who work digitally in a virtual environment. So they're, they're, they're designing things in the computer. Yeah. I um, manage the budgets, I manage the schedule, and I also have to keep an eye on the execution in as far as I need to make sure that the briefs are being fulfilled. 
Right. All those things are really critical as a producer because you're, you're given a brief, you're given a bunch of money and there's an end client that is expecting something. Mm. And that sounds really straightforward until you appreciate that all the different roles within visual effects, apart from producing are creative ones. And in creative roles, everyone has their own opinion. They have their own styles, their own tastes. And, you know, people want to stand out. People want to excel. Yeah. Now, with that in mind, sometimes that jars with what the brief needs to do mm. and what the client is expecting because the client often has a client and there are a million one different conversations that happen before it even comes into visual effects, which is the last process um, mm. in post-production before a job gets delivered to go on TV or as a film or on a load of media platforms. So as a visual effects producer, it's about understanding that there are different tiers of responsibility and respecting that, while also encouraging your artists to do the best and excel and come up with solutions that are really going to be quite critical in getting messages across. Right. So it's um, fundamentally, visual effects producing is managing the budget, the schedule, and the execution of a brief. Right. Great, great, great. Can I, can I just take a step back? Um, you obviously went to uh, university, you went to Middlesex University. What was your career path from there to where you are now? Because uh, you did a bit of modelling, didn't you? Yay! You <laughs> <laughs> did a bit of modelling for a few years. So if you can tell our listeners just about, so, so they can get an idea of how they can get from A to Z, because sometimes, you know, your journey may not be from A to Z. You may have to go to A to B before you get to Z, or, you know, you know what I mean. But yeah, if you can give our listeners a bit of an idea of your path, that'd be, that'd be great. Sure. Um, there wasn't really a plan. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, when I was at university, I had a Mohican. I graduated, decided to, leave, to lose the Mohican because I had to get a proper job. Uh -huh. Actually, the weekend I shaved my head, I met a fashion designer, a well-known international fashion designer, who invited me to come and do some catwalk shows, which initially I wasn't very interested in, but then I thought, well, it's an opportunity to travel and do something I haven't done before, so I'll go for it. Yeah. Nothing I've done, I'll go and do it. I then ended up modelling for five years internationally around doing catwalk, doing ad campaigns, editorials, all sorts. And um, having a fantastic exposure to the creative industries that I hadn't seen before. So from being in front of the camera, I could see what the makeup artist was doing. I could see what the camera guy was doing. I could see what the art department was doing. And I could understand that there was this whole factory of people of very specific skill sets. Yeah funneling their efforts into this one endeavor and it really excited me and I thought that's what I want to do I want to be part of making it happen mm. and um, the modeling side of things wasn't really for me anyway because I you know it, it was just um, a lot of sitting around and waiting and you know, I'd be twitchy for that so anyway went behind the camera started off as a runner um worked as a runner for no money for 18 months mm -hmm. Thankfully, during that time, I could run that alongside my modelling so I could actually support myself financially. And I know a lot of people don't have that at all, which yeah. is um, something that I'd like to, in the future, help with. But, you know, yeah. that's another conversation. 
So I went into production, again working for free on charity jobs for one of the directors who I'd worked with several times and learned from being a production runner up to being a line producer. From there, I went into animation. Um, again, just by offering myself up to help out for two weeks in an animation studio because um, the guy who was running it was going off to do a shoot abroad and needed someone to literally cover the phones. And um, I stayed there for three years. And it was fantastic. I was working with creative animators who not only came up with concepts and designs, but were also technicians. Mm -hmm. So that was an amazing way to learn a new skill set. Yeah. And because a lot of these guys were very young themselves, we were all learning together, we were all figuring it out together. And um, to some extent, we kind of all jumped off a cliff together, kind of thinking, hey, where are we going? Don't know, but yeah. let's see where we end up. And a lot of the results because we had to find creative solutions, were very, very well received. So um, that was really exciting. And then um, from there, I, was, um, I actually met um, an old friend who introduced me to some people at one of the visual effects houses in London and um, went there to freelance and stayed there for, I was supposed to be there for three months and stayed there for a year and a half, working on some massive, massive ad campaigns. Mm. And again, learning on the hoof, learning all the way from the amazing talent around me. And um, yeah, so I've stayed in visual effects ever since, but um, now my role is going back to align with where I started in production because as a visual effects producer in my current role, I'm actually working for the production company, working alongside the art department. So all that right. experience I had at the beginning, uh -huh. doing live action, putting together film shoots is now very valid my current role it's full it's full circle. full circle yeah it's just i i honestly didn't have a kind of step-by-step -step plan i was just fortunate enough to keep my eyes out mm. for opportunity right and also i've also been and i think it's quite important that in this industry and you'll know this you yeah. have to keep your eye on how it's changing and developing because it's evolving all the time and you, yeah. you need to stay valid you need to understand what the, the, the next step the industry is going to take so yeah no absolutely absolutely and i guess for our listeners here i mean if you don't know what i mean the key, one of, i think the key, one of the key messages here is that if you don't know what you want to do don't beat yourself up about it just kind of try different things and like Jin, obviously she, you know she got the opportunity to to do modeling and while she was doing that she you know, saw other jobs or other roles that um, looked really interesting and she, you know, inquired about it and, um, and then things just started opening up for, for her. So if you're in that position where you don't know what you want to do, just try different things and then something will come up that, that you do like and when you do find something that you like, just run with it because doors will start opening for you. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's a... Yeah, that's a, I think that's a valid, a valid message here. That's, that's, so, that's so key because the opportunity you want isn't necessarily going to be the first one that comes your way. Yeah. But you have to know how to move into chances and, and make other doors open up and push in different directions and find new contacts and networking yeah. who are going to introduce you to where you want to go, even mm. if it's a seven steps away from where you are. So. Yeah, take the opportunity. Every opportunity is a learning 
a learning oh. curve and just yeah try every little thing try it until you find something that sticks yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. were there any obstacles that you had to that came along your way and you you had to overcome them and if so what steps did you take during your career path um the obstacles are quite surprising and to, to be honest i think in hindsight i can see those obstacles more clearly than i could when i was going through it because i i was going back to what i was saying earlier on I've, i was very focused and in particular always kept my blinkers on i think the obstacles that I felt at that time were more financial ones because, you know, as, as an independent woman, I had to pay my rent, pay my way, make sure I could, you know, get to work and back and everything else. And at a junior level in the industry at that time, you really weren't earning very much money. So it was a challenge to kind of keep in the industry. Yeah. Um, minimum wage, not very much money. And um, with, with a view to maybe earning more money further on down the line. But um, in hindsight, the obstacles, I think, the biggest one was probably the nepotism in the industry. The industry is very much a closed shop. Um, it is, my experience is the people I was working with and the people I was working for, in fact, are clients. They were in the, in, the, in the industry as like fourth, fifth generation practitioners. So grandma had been a producer, granddad had been a cameraman, and mum had been a costume designer, whatever else. And they had grown up in this network of people who were already operating in the film industry. They'd been mm. going to dinner parties at the age of seven with these yes. people at dinner parties. Mm -hmm. And um, that wasn't my experience. So it was difficult trying to get into um, that network. And I'm not sure if I did it very successfully for a very long time because I didn't identify that as the issue. I thought the issue was um, possibly racism. I thought maybe it was possibly sexism. I really didn't know what it was. And it took me ages to figure out that those things might play a part. But initially, in my experience, it was yeah. nepotism that really kept me out of opportunities. Mm. Um, when I eventually um, joined a production company, uh, two phenomenal women who were, at the time, I think they were the youngest women to go out there and start up their own production company. Um, I was partnered with an Asian producer to be her production manager. And um, I saw her, she's an incredible woman, and I saw her as being other in the same way that I was other in this community. You know, I saw a, a woman of color doing it with grace, with calmness, with focus. And she really kept, kept me on the straight and narrow because yeah. um, I think at that time she could see that there were times when I was frustrated at my, my lack of progression and the fact that I wasn't being given opportunities. And, you know, she, she instilled in me that that wasn't my, you know, what was going on around me wasn't my problem. All I needed to do was the best that I could do yeah. and just keep focus and keep going. And I think the training I got from her is what has kept me tenacious and kept my energy going and kept my focus on, you know, the, the, the end of the tunnel. Yes. <laughs> Great. And again, it's very much about believing in yourself, isn't it? And not regardless of what's going on around you, it's, it's, it's ensuring that what you're doing is, 
you're doing to the best of your ability. Yeah, and that you're and, and you're you, and sorry, and you're bringing value to whatever you're you're you know you're working on or what you're what you're giving. Absolutely, and I think it's really important for your well-being to know that you're doing it for yourself, in spite of all the other noise that's around you. Yeah, because you're gonna in your career, you're gonna move away from those people, those situations. You need to take your journey, your experiences from your journey with you, mm-hmm. and if you can make sure that you're kind to your development, yes. then it doesn't matter what, what's happened, what's gone before, that doesn't need to hang around in, in, in your peripheral view as you move forward. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, Jin, and it is very much about you and just, yeah, it's you, it's just making sure that you're developing and you're growing and um, regardless of what's going on around you, it's, it's very much about you. It's you, your story, your journey, your development, and if you keep remembering that, regardless of any obstacles that come your way and sometimes those obstacles and mistakes are there to make you grow it's to make you become you know so try not to look at it as a negative you know just look at it as a positive and try and turn that around as well and if you do that then I think yeah I think you will yeah it will put you in good stead going you know moving on in moving on in your life because if you, if you don't start if you if you dwell on the negatives then I think you won't progress as a person. You have to try and turn things around, regardless how negative they may be. That's how I look at things anyway. <laughs> what is your definition of, of success? And do you have any personal habits or daily routines that have contributed to your, to your success? There's quite a few questions there in one. <laughs> um, the daily routine, um, I've always been an early morning person. Yeah. From a really young kid, I I get up at five five thirty. Not because I want to. I mean, seriously, I'd love to be the kind of person that could have a line. I can't. Now I wake up. My brain is fully active and yeah. full power, and the energy is there. So I get up and I try and get out and have a walk. And that time in the morning is great to have brain space. There's no one around. The morning's your own, and you can start figuring out the day and making plans and. Basically, getting a grip of what you're going to do before life starts coming at you. Yeah. As soon as you start pinging into the inbox. No. So I do that. In the, and then after walk, I do a bit of a workout and then, you know, get myself ready for work, settle down with a very large cup of coffee. I'm a, I have to have the coffee first thing in the morning and then, then I'm, yeah, then I'm applying myself to work or a project or whatever but that's my morning routine I have to get up and get out to settle down all that kind of and all the things rattling around in my head first thing in the morning no and that's no I can relate to that Jim because that's what I do I get up really early in the morning and just have that time and it's normally a couple of hours to myself before the world wakes up and before my energy is pulled from pillar to post you know and I and those two hours are my sacred times, you know, that's, that's my me, my me, me time. Uh, so I, I'll definitely recommend it, just like you, absolutely. Um, do you have any tips for um, teenagers that are going through, you know, exams or studying? You know, is there anything, any tips that you can give them? Yeah, I mean, wow, exams were tough and that's another hindsight thing isn't it because yeah. you don't know the relevance of why are you taking it how's it gonna kind of resonate through my life taking this exam in physics when I want to go off and do 
geography or the yeah. travel it's find that relevant thing but it's exams exam stress it's about preparation you've got to and it's not just exams it's anything i think you can so easily get overwhelmed by the things you haven't done by the massive list that you've got to tick off mm. you just need to prepare and work through it but work through it one step at a time you know don't yeah. see the monumental mountain of stuff to do just mm. chip away at it you know first yeah. steps one thing at a time one issue at a time break it all down and then you'll find that you're absorbing it as you're going along because you're spending more time thinking about individual building blocks that will get you through the, the exams and i think if you can prepare take that time take that quiet space but mm -hmm. also during that time make sure you put it to one side and reset yourself yes find some brain space mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's really easy to get overwhelmed by the Absolutely. whole of it all. Exactly. And that's the key thing here is just taking time out to reset, whether it's going for a walk or whatever takes you, watch a movie, whatever kind of brings you out of that, out of mm. that stressful state. Um, and try not to be overwhelmed by it. You know, just chip away, chip away, chip away, like you said, Jin. Great advice. Um, who, who was the most influential person in, in, in your life and what, what did they, what was the biggest lesson that they taught you? Well, um, there've been a few, um, few from, few very varied ones actually. I think the first biggest influence has got to be my grandmother. I mean, she was such an effervescent human being. She, you know, she didn't tolerate any nonsense. She lived her own life. She was an independent woman. She came over here from Jamaica and um, really had to forge her own path independently on her own. Mm -hmm. And she did it with so much fun and vigour and love and kindness and warmth. I mean, she had the biggest heart, but she was also incredibly resilient. Mm -hmm. She was rolled over for anyone. And I think yeah. that resilience has made me feel that I've got no excuse but to keep going. Because if she could do it in the time that she came over here, yeah. When, you know, she came over here, you know, as a the whole Windrush thing, that experience was still echoing around everything. And the, the welcome she got wasn't warm. Mm. But she still managed to, every day, love, laugh, singing, dancing, yeah. whatever. She mm -hmm. kept going. And she just instilled us, like, you have responsibility to yourself, not to anyone else. Mm. But just keep going, be resilient, be tough, and you know things aren't as bad as you think they are yeah yeah that generation i mean my mom was from that generation um and she's very much the same gin you know she sounds just like your mom i'm your grandmother just a very strong lady you know it's just very much keep calm and carry on you know <laughs> it was just like you, you just need to just get on with it and and yeah and she did it was very much about her and just getting up and going and stop whinging and just 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 carry on just carry on and again like you she very i think she instilled that in in me that resilience and that um yeah that that strength that strength so you know to our listeners it is very much about just trying to be strong and if you don't feel that you can't be strong try i mean there's you know try and get yourself a mentor or a you know or, or if there's role models out there you know there's so many platforms out there now like on youtube there's so many like tutorials I said, I mean, I've said this a few times in my other interviews but 
we're living in great times now where information is at, just out of a press of the button, but it's how you use that information and where you get that information from. And, you know, there's so many great um, inspirational speakers that are, uh out there at the moment and again I'm, I'm definitely going to do an episode on you know sort of um inspirational and motivational speakers but you do need to surround yourself with good people and good re good resources to to help you in your growth yeah yeah and to that to that it was quite interesting when i was um thinking about influences there was another woman who i only had a very fleeting kind of um connection with when i was in my mid-teens, she was a, a friend's lodger. She'd come over from South Africa during the time of the whole apartheid troubles and everything else. Mm -hmm. and she was a teacher over there and she came over here. And um, in, this is after I'd already been, you know, thoroughly embedded in kind of academic public school, English literature curriculum, whatever else. Yeah. And um, she gave me one book which really turned turned my head around to possibilities. Mm. She, um, she introduced me to a book by Alice Walker called um, In Search of Our Mother's Gardens. Mm -hmm. And the influence that just reading that book has had on my direction yes. is quite, you know, it's, it's quite impressive. It's fundamental. Because, because at that time, that I, was, I was doing a lot of reading, mm. but there wasn't anything to read that kind of represented my heritage at all. And um, yeah, just in terms of influential people, mm -hmm. that was one of the ones who, even though she, she breathed through my life fleetingly, yeah. just that one chance meeting yeah, up a whole other dynamic for me. Yeah, because she, she introduced you to this book and that opened up new dimensions for you, you know. Um, and yeah, as I, I was, you know, as I said earlier, it's just even reading good books can just help you and just open yourself up you know there's just so many great books out there which i will share with you at, you know on another episode but just seek you know that's what we're all here for is to seek but it's yeah. what you seek for you know it's what you're seeking and mm -hmm. you know my advice would be to obviously try and seek things that will help you grow in your you know in yourself or you know, to help you along your journey. Jin, what, um, what, what would you say about your journey so far in terms of what you do and, yeah, where you've, where you've become? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. My journey, when I look back and I, I often think, geez, did I do all that? <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can still smile. <laughs> It does feel like sometimes when you think about some of the experience I've had career-wise, it does feel like that happened to someone else because mm. I was so engrossed in it all that I didn't pull my head up to actually see what was happening as much. I was literally living it. Yeah. Um, which I think is, you know, yeah, we, we all have to immerse ourselves in things. But I'd say to myself now, I'd say, just pull your head up every now and again and just get some perspective on on what you're doing because it's it's not you know it's not that it's a bad thing at all but it's just yeah. appreciate the journey yes appreciate the things the decisions that you've made and mm. how it's your life because until recently i really haven't done that it literally has been the last two years i've thought okay let's take a breath now what am i about 
what has my journey taught me? And mm. I, I do wish I'd kind of taken, taken pause sometimes and just gone, right, okay, yeah, I've done yeah. that. I've learned this from it. Yes. Now, you know, yes. let me celebrate that as I move on. I think taking moments to celebrate what you've achieved is really important. In yeah, and that's such a powerful point. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. It is about, I mean, reflection is just as important as just, just carrying on with your life and just going from day to day doing stuff, you know, reflecting now and again, whether it's on a daily basis, some people do it on a daily basis, even if you do it on a weekly, but whatever, but it's very much taking that time out, reflecting, celebrating and learning and applying those learnings. Yeah. Um, which I think is really, really important. We're nearly there, Jin. I've um, just got a few more questions. Um, what accomplish accomplishments are you most proud of and what is your next biggest goal? Um, because I work mainly with teams, I really do enjoy it when we actually go out there, complete a brief, it's, it's well received. If it wins awards, fantastic, but it's, it's the completing a brief with a, a gang of people who've all pulled in the same direction. I really like that feeling mm -hmm. of achievement as part of a group. Um, personal achievements, I don't know. I, it's difficult. It's really difficult. <laughs> I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't really gone out there and just done one thing solely for myself other than, you know, work-focused things. It's, yeah, maybe I need to do a bit more of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I mean, again, it's just one of those things. And I'm sure you've done lots, but I just think maybe because you're, maybe I've put you on the spot, you can't think of them. But I think maybe once you go away, you'll be like, oh my God, I did this, I did that, I did that. So no, that's absolutely fine. But you've accomplished a lot, you know, from, this, from what you've just told us, from you just being here in this moment is an accomplishment in itself. So I'm very grateful for that. Very grateful for that. And in talk... In, 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 in talking about gratitude, what are you most grateful for? Um, I'm really grateful for my parents keeping me on the straight and narrow when I could have been led astray so easily. Yeah. <laughs> I had a um, really strict parenting and I didn't appreciate it at the time. You know, we had a very, you know, full household. I've got four younger brothers I grew up with. But, um, my parents literally kept us totally focused with all the right reasons behind it. And even though I, you know, as teenagers do, you know, I kicked against it so much. Yeah. Had I had that, I, I would have ended up on a very different path. I'm, I'm sure I would have found my way eventually because yeah. that's my name. But um, yeah, I think it would have been a lot more challenging. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm most grateful for them literally just seeing my potential and making sure that they could help me fulfill that potential even though it meant sometimes you know, fiery conversations about being able to stay out beyond 10 o'clock on the Saturday night <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant 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 what would you say to your 13 18 and 21 year old self um 13, wow, 13, I really, at that time, particularly at school, I was kind of, you know, there, 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 was, there, was, there was a nasty bunch at school and I really couldn't see a way out. 
at that time. Um, but somehow, I would have liked to have gone back and said, look, this isn't going to last. This is going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. You know, just keep going. Those people will fall to the wayside and you just keep, keep going and you'll be fine. So yeah. at 18, I would have liked to have said that. Okay. Um, You're 18-year-old? 18, well, what was I doing? 18, I think I would have said, take stock. Just stop and have a look around and maybe think more about your potential and where you want to go. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I made the decisions I did because they panned out the way that they did. But I think I could have got there a lot quicker had I maybe investigated and done more research about opportunities then. Yeah, yeah. And what about your 21-year-old self? Um, 21. I was, at that time, I was in the thick of a, of a whirlwind of, of a career that was, you know, really, really dynamic. And yeah, I mean, as I, I think I would have liked to just enjoyed it more, appreciated it more, and, and maybe had more conversations with the people around me okay. to find out what their journeys were and what messages they could share. Great, 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 great. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. What three tips or piece of advice would you give, would you give to a teenager? Do your research. Find out. Read. Talk, talk to lots of people. Push yourself out there yeah. beyond your comfort zone so that you can make an informed decision when you get to the point of finding out what you're capable of. Yeah. I think a lot of times we don't push ourselves to the edge of our limits. So we restrict ourselves. Mm. And if we restrict ourselves, we don't have the energy further on down the line to push ourselves in, in, in our capabilities. So I think if you can push yourselves to be as varied, as dynamic, as resourceful as you can be, it will give you the strength to go forward into areas where people will challenge you and will query whether or not you should be in that position for whatever reason, for whatever biases they come along with. If you've already tested yourself to those limits, you know what you're capable of. Mm. And no one can tell you that you can't do something because mm. you know you can. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Love that, Jen. That's uh, such a powerful piece of advice. That's, um, yeah, that's brilliant. That's really, that, oh, that's just made me feel, ooh, <laughs> all goose pimply, all goose pimply. Just a couple more questions. Um, what legacy or impact would you like to leave? Oh, um, impact. I'd like to give, I'd like to work with people that give young people opportunities to achieve what they can achieve. And if I can just be like one part of that, because I really don't feel that there are the, the routes, the channels, the tools for young people in education who come from diverse backgrounds to be able to do it at the moment. If I can actually help by adding my efforts, my experience and ideas to giving people a window into the opportunities that they can have, then yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I don't need my name on a billboard anywhere at all. No, I just not. Mm -hmm. want to, you know, help 
people fulfill their potential, especially creatively, because there is so much creativity out there and creativity is what allows us to find solutions in things that aren't necessarily creative. So mm. everyone needs to participate. Everyone needs to have that opportunity. Great. And um, you know what, Jin, you're the perfect person to do that. You know, you are. No, you are. You're the perfect person to do that. And I'm, I'm right beside you. I'm absolutely right beside you. So I'm here. I'm here for you if you need me. You know, obviously I've got this platform, but you know. Likewise. If, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. As they say, collaboration is key here to, to move mountains. So just call on me when you need, when you need me. And uh, my last question, last question is, uh, what's the most important message you would like to leave with us today? Keep talking, keep talking about experiences. Keep sharing your experiences. Because we can get strength and power from each other. Mm -hmm. We can get confidence from each other. So these, these things, these podcasts, these interviews, they're all valid. Yes. You know? Yeah, brilliant. That's great, great, great. Powerful, powerful, powerful piece of advice. And uh, that's, uh, we've come to the end. You know, we can just go on and go on. But you know, as I said, my vision is so big here. And I, my intention is to create different episodes to talk about different topics. So I'm definitely going to get you back on, Jin. Oh, thank you. That would be great. It's been yeah. really, really good talking. Oh. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you opening your heart to us all. You're welcome. And for your honest <laughs> and your honesty. So thank you. And listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you got as much value out of this conversation as much as I did. If you want to hear more inspirational stories, please keep tuning in or follow me on Instagram or Yana Voices for inspira inspirational content. This is Carol Oakley. Peace and love to you all.